You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Masterclass. Aaron Posthumus, CEO of Moment. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, Aaron, we, we have to start at the absolute basics because, the you know, we've been hearing the buzzwords of NFT. Um, for me personally, I had my yeah. younger cousin who's with it uh, come to me a couple of months ago to say, are you aware that you can sell some of your art online and it's digital? And it, it still didn't really sink in. And I thought we need to have this conversation because there's a whole space where yeah. people are flourishing and making money that so many don't know anything about so what is an nft and how did we get to the point that nfts became a thing sure so i think just understanding i mean it's a it's an acronym obviously so nft stands for non-fungible token and normally as soon as you say that it kind of it goes over some people's heads and they're like that sounds complicated i don't yes. want to you know know <laughs> what that is but Effectively, it's just um, it's it's blockchain based technology and NFT is really just referring to the technology. So I think the the mistake that a lot of people are are currently making just because it is new and we're all busy learning about it um, is that they think an NFT is artwork or an NFT is something that you do to make money. NFT is just an underlying technology built on the blockchain. So. To understand it, I think it's important first to know and understand cryptocurrency, which is really easy to do. Cryptocurrency is basically just money that works on a blockchain. And it's a way for us to say who owns what money and how much. And it's super reliable. It does its job far better than banks ever had, which is why banks are like really, (laughs) really scared about blockchain right now. But people are coming on board um, and massive institutions are also coming on board with crypto because they see the potential. Uh, now, NFTs are a way to do this with um, digital assets, right? So if you think about where is it valuable to know who owns what and how many they own? Art is a great use case here. Like to go, I have bought this piece of artwork and maybe it's a digital piece of artwork because this is a digital technology and that's how people are currently making money. Um, you can sell your artwork as an NFT, which means it gets transferred on the blockchain. The ownership record is kept on the blockchain. How much money it was sold for is kept on the blockchain. And all of this stuff being on the blockchain just means you've got a reliable ledger of its history and of its value. And I mean, this has always been a problem within artwork um, specifically. Uh, it's called provenance. Uh, it's typically, you know, the, the terminology in the art world. Um, and normally if you, if you find a piece of artwork or if you've come, if you've acquired one, you might need to go to an art specialist for them to verify the provenance. So then they would try and look at it to verify who the creator is, where it came from, figure out its history. But now if you do all of that on the blockchain, you don't have to try and figure it out. It's, it's, it's already on a ledger and you can see all of those details instantly. So if a person is listening and they're thinking, okay, I heard the part about possibly yeah. buying a digital art um, and you do it on this blockchain. It sounds like a whole lot of effort for a transaction I could have just had when I go, hi, mm. you, can I buy this? Let's negotiate a price and I send you the money. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and not to sell, but that's exactly why we, we built Moment, right? Um, it's to make it that simple. It's a really cool, very powerful technology that's going to revolutionize a lot of industries. And art is just the first one that's being absolutely disrupted by this technology. 
Um, but because it's so new and it's a, it's a complex technology, sometimes it's hard to work with. But we've tried to make it as simple as possible on moments. So literally you can sign up, create account, two minutes, um, find some a piece of artwork that you like, make an offer for it just like you described, and then buy it. You know, And you can buy it with a credit card if you want. Uh, you can buy it with crypto if you are so inclined. And exactly like you described, that's how easy it is now. So how come, I mean, um, um, and maybe you can take us to the history of the very first NFT that was mm. ever sold in South Africa versus what was mm. happening in the rest of the world. Can you actually take us through that journey? Because the first NFT um, um, it was sold quite recently. We're talking, I think it was March last year. Yeah, so... Um Actually, NFT technology has been around for quite a while, but one of the first mainstream successful projects was something called Crypto Kitties. Mm -hmm. And effectively, this is a way for people to collect um, digital kittens that are part of a collection, you know, and and really it was just nerds, especially crypto nerds, uh, including myself, who's really interested in this kind of thing. And it's more about the concept. Um, after that, we had CryptoPunks, which is also a very successful um, NFT project, and the Board Ape Yacht Club. And I think I want to I just talk about the Board Ape Yacht Club for a second, because I think this is one that really gets people to understand where the real value lies. So the Board Ape Yacht Club is one where people buy these little uh, images that are, look like apes, all wearing different outfits and in different positions and, and stuff like that. But what this NFT actually gives you is access, right? Like what you're paying for is, is not necessarily the artwork. You're paying for access. And the Board Ape Yacht Club throws massive parties regularly. They have a Discord, uh, which is just like a, a WhatsApp group, I guess, where these massively influential people can all connect and talk to one another. But you only allow that access if you have the NFT. And that's where a lot of that kind of value sits. I mean, of course, there is just artwork being sold for massive amounts. There was a guy named Beeple who sold um, uh, an artwork for $69 million. Um, and $69 again, I mean, that's, million. Know, people, yeah. And this is digital yeah, $69 artwork. $69 million. This is digital Correct. art that literally can just be copied and pasted. Yeah, Correct. <laughs> but so, I mean, the Mona Lisa could also be copied and pasted, right? Like you can take a picture of it. That doesn't devalue the original. No, no, no. I understand. But what I mean is, and I'm trying to understand and maybe make it as practical and as basic and as simple as possible. Are we talking mm. a JPEG or maybe something that's in its raw files that gets given to the person buying it? And they're spending 69 million. And when they buy it, does the copyright yeah. then shift to them as well? And what is it that they actually own? The original image, just so that it really makes sense. That Great question. Why would somebody spend $69 million if other people can still <laughs> use the image? Yeah, so I mean, great, great question. Um, so what the person actually bought is the NFT and the NFT isn't just the image. So if you right click and save that image, you've got a JPEG, right? You don't yes. have an NFT. Yes. This person bought an NFT, which is, which is an ownership, a certificate of ownership that lives in the blockchain. And that's what gets transferred to them on the blockchain. That's what they've bought and that's what they own. So I think the, the Mona Lisa example here, it still holds true. I mean, everyone knows what that looks like. If you Google it, there's a million images of it online. 
all of those are just copies of the original. Mm. And for art, it's difficult to justify because art has always been subject to mm. speculative value, you know, and, 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 and the value is in the art, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, that kind of use case, right? But I think what's more interesting to focus on is where NFT technology is moving towards. Because we're talking about a technology that first really was super interesting to, um, people who are in the crypto scene and kind of like an, a, 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 a nerd kind of scene. Then it, it, it took over the art world, you know, and it's still busy disrupting the art world massively. Now, um, Silicon Valley VCs, uh, technology firms, everyone's talking about the next disruption layer for NFTs. And I, I, I can um, project right now that it's going to be in shares and share ownership. It's going to be in property and property ownership. I mean, mm. could you imagine if you didn't have to have a title deed? You just had to have an NFT, which is your certificate of ownership for a real property, like in the real world. This okay. is something that you can do. And it means, yeah. So, 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 um, Sorry, uh, so there's a WhatsApp that came through. No problem. There, there is a, going to be a bit of a delay in our conversation just in terms of us hearing each other and responding. There's a WhatsApp that came through okay. that says, yo, 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 yo. Please ask your guests to backtrack a bit. What is blockchain? So maybe, <laughs> you know, all of these things are okay, building. Because cool. also some people hear cryptocurrency yeah. and they think, are we being scammed? Oh, for sure, man. So I think the biggest thing that I advocate for in this space, even though I've got a business in this space, is to say to everybody, just go and do your research. Just go and learn about this stuff, right? It costs you nothing except a little bit of your time. And you're going to walk away understanding potentially the biggest fourth industrial revolution technology that is going to happen in the next 10 years, right? So it's super valuable to learn. And if, let's say, for some reason, I'm wrong, the whole of Silicon Valley is wrong then all you've done is learn about something interesting, right? So that's, that's, that's one thing. But then to, to listen to the, 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 the WhatsApp, they asked to backtrack. So I think just as a brief kind of summary of history, right? Like money is effectively printed by banks and they mm. control currency supply. Um, and if you control currency supply, you effectively control currency value as well. This made a lot of people really, really uncomfortable. Uh, especially when, like in 2020, the US, um, the Fed printed, I think it was like $3 trillion uh, mm. of money and they, they put it into supply. Now people are going, well, I really don't like this. I really don't like that there's no control and that the rules are not transparent. The rules are decided by some people in a boardroom, you know, or some government or, you know, and it could be to their own benefit. I would much rather trust the system where the rules are transparent mm. and where the rules are set in stone. They don't change. And that is, that is where blockchain was conceptualized and where it came from. And I'm sure every, like almost all of the listeners by now, I think unless, unless you've been under a rock, have heard about Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is the, the cryptocurrency that made all other cryptocurrencies famous. And uh, I definitely wouldn't advocate for people to just go and buy random cryptocurrencies. There are tons of scams going around, as there is with any new technology. But Bitcoin is effectively just money that is not controlled by government. Money that operates on stable rules, transparent rules. And your next natural question might be, who controls the currency? Nobody does. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty about it. That's why it's such a powerful technology. It's literally the most, I mean, if you think about a bank, all it does is it keeps a record of 
hey, you got paid 100 bucks and then mm. you withdrew 10 bucks, therefore you've got 90 bucks left, right? It's just a ledger of transactions. Those yes. sound like fancy words, but it's, it's just a list of here are your transactions. We, we're so technologically advanced that we no longer need to rely on companies and corporations and governments to do those things for us. We can write code, deploy it to the entire internet that everybody can control and see, and it's far more reliable, far more effective, far more um, secure. And that's kind of where we're sitting at now. We're sitting in a position where we have comp- we basically made the underlying function of banks redundant. We don't need them anymore. <laughs> okay, so let's we're going to come back and continue. I'd like to invite all of you to um, to ask any of the questions on of our guest. We still have quite a lot to get through, just in terms of NFTs, especially if you don't have a clear understanding of blockchain and things like cryptocurrencies. O double one double eight three zero seven zero two. Our WhatsApp line is also open. O seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. What are the questions that you may have, or maybe you already have experience with NFTs, and maybe you are a crypto nerd as what has been uh, described by our guest and you would like to share with us what it's done for you or what value you see in it it's t- uh, just going to 20 minutes after two o'clock 702 masterclass and today's a masterclass we are talking nfts and we are in conversation with the ceo of moment who is Aaron posthumous Aaron, thank you so much uh, for staying with us so we were talking about blockchain and cryptocurrency and the fact that you know we pretty much don't need banks anymore so picking up off of that question does that mean that an individual like yourself has completely neglected and dumped the traditional system of how you use money and and store your money So to a large degree, yes, that is true. Um, and I have, uh, I have to a large degree moved on. But even though we don't technically need banks anymore, um, regulators and governments tell us we still do, right? Like in South Africa, legal tender is the South African rand. So I, I couldn't go to a coffee shop and buy a coffee with Bitcoin uh, or any other cryptocurrency just yet. Mm-hmm. So I haven't completely disregarded uh, uh, normal fiat. Fiat is what we call it. <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. I've got a question here on WhatsApp, uh, sorry, on uh, a Twitter from Togozani who says, how do people who lose money, aka Bitcoins on the cryptocurrency platform, uh, uh, do it through hacking? Who accounts for the money lost? Mm. Okay, this is a, this is a, per, this is such an epic question. So typically when, when they, there has actually not been very many um, cryptocurrency hacks legitimately at all. Typically what you find is that a cryptocurrency exchange was hacked and that's a, that's a big difference, right? It's, so there's a company that tells you that they will take in your fiat money and they'll give you or buy cryptocurrency on your behalf and they get hacked and people steal money from them because they have keys to the money. Um, so they actually got hacked, but the actual blockchain has like no rules have been broken there, right? Mm. So it's almost as if um, somebody got your bank card, right? And then went to an ATM and withdrew your money. The bank wasn't hacked. You mm. were in a mm. sense. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Um, I'm just wondering then, you know, if that is the case where you find yourself having been hacked, um, where can you go? Mm. 
So that's why it's really important that you pick which exchange you use. So if you use a reputable exchange like Luno or Moment, then those exchanges will have, first of all, really good security controls in place to make sure that they never do get hacked. And if they do, they'll have uh, insurance policies in place as well. So this kind of goes with who, who you're choosing to trust. But the really, really, like probably the best thing you could do if you really understand the technology is manage your own funds. Mm. So you hold your own private keys to your crypto wallet. And this is why I said we don't need banks because anyone could easily call, call me out on that and go, well, you're still relying on Luna. They're just yes. the new banks, right? But with, with, with cryptocurrency, you could actually just have your own um, crypto wallet, which I do, mm-hmm. and manage your own pri- private keys. Um, and your private key is essentially your way of making transactions on the blockchain. It's your unique secret pin in mm-hmm. a sense, but it's far more secure than just a, a bank pin. Um, and if you're doing that yourself, then, um, you know, then you don't need to rely on anybody else. And, and, you know, the, the security layer sits with you. There's also something called a cold wallet, which I think is uh, an interesting concept for people to understand where you could actually move your NFTs, right? Or your cryptocurrency onto like a hard drive or cold storage as they mm. call it. And when it's in cold storage, effectively, it cannot be that currency or those tokens can't be moved around, they can't be stolen, they can't be taken anywhere because they're like, quote unquote, offline. Mm, mm, mm. And you can't, can you lose them then? Um, Or or let me say, you can't lose them if they're sitting in cold storage. Only if you lose your hard drive. (laughs) Okay, okay. So if your hard drive is stolen, your cryptocurrency can actually be stolen physically. It can actually be gone, man. And this is this is what's crazier. A lot of people have actually uh, years ago they had like four bitcoins. They put it on a cold storage device, and they, you know, they lost it or they they sold the PC. And those stories are just tragic. And why I think most everyday people will just rely on like a, a Luna or an institution to to hold their money for them. But um, if you're if you're really really security conscious and you're very tinfoil hat it's cool to know that this is something you could do and you could be cautious about it and you'd probably be 10 times safer than in any other situation. We have a WhatsApp from Zureda in Florida who says, how are your dependents able to recover funds accumulated after you die without your log on details? Yeah, so typically people would have um, a, just like you would write a will to kind of define where your assets go or where your money goes after you die, you'd have to have something in place that way as well so that you can hand over your cold storage or you can hand over your um, private keys to your dependents. But if so you haven't, much the if same you haven't, you would handle your normal assets. But if you didn't put that in place, what happens to your crypto that's sitting in the air basically and your family doesn't know (laughs) anything about it because maybe they just don't understand it yeah uh well then you'll just that it'll stay in the air right like if if you hide a gold bar underneath your flooring and you don't tell anyone it'll also just stay there (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that makes sense so what i want us to get into when we come back from eyewitness news headlines is for us to start to chat about NFTs, who they are for, and mm-hmm. how you can start accumulating them as assets. So if we go back to the analogy of this original Mona Lisa or this original digital image that has X value or somebody was agreeing to pay 
X value for it, how you can actually use it now as an asset. And I'd also like to touch on the fact that can you accumulate royalties when your NFT is used? So when we come back for Eyewitness News headlines, we continue with our masterclass on NFTs. We'll take your calls, SMSs, tweets, and WhatsApps. It's 2.30. Masterclass. Today's masterclass is on NFTs, and we're speaking to Aaron Postuma, CEO of Moment. So, Aaron, if you acquire an NFT and you decide, okay, I'm going to pay, let's call it 1,000 Rand for this digital artwork. I have the original. There is a ledger that shows that this is my image. What can you do with this digital piece of art? Awesome. So with that piece of art, now that you own it, um, you can put it up on your wall, you can put it up on your TV, which is really cool. Um, it travels around with you. So, I mean, a, a normal piece of artwork, if you wanted to show your friends, you would show them an image anyways. Now you can actually be showing them the real NFT that you've purchased, which I, I personally think is really, really cool. Um, and actually, there's a couple of companies spinning up where you can put your NFTs up as collateral for loans. So if they agree that this is um, a token that has value, then people can offer you loans based on those NFTs. And if you don't repay your loan, then they claim your, your NFT. Um, so it, it starts to work very much like normal assets do. But because everything's built on this blockchain, it, it, it opens up the doors for things to be a lot more efficient, a lot more um, trustworthy, a lot safer. Um, it really, really opens doors um, and makes it incredible. I mean, some of the things that I'm really excited about are, um, for example, in this year, we are going to be um, selling property as NFTs. And that means effectively your NFT is your title deed. And if you want to resell the property, instead of taking six months dealing with um, dealing with title deed transfers and paying transfer fees, et cetera, um, you could receive payment for it and transfer the asset within three minutes, you know. Wow. So, um, and I think shares are also an incredible place where NFTs are going to disrupt the market. There's so many possibilities. Um, what are some of the things that you can purchase um, um, in terms of NFTs? I mean, we've spoken quite a lot about digital art. What are the other things that mm. are available? So on moment right now, there's tons of really, really incredible art. And I just want to take a second here to to um, really acknowledge digital artists. I think for the last 10 years, digital artists have really been, um, they've not been served a great hand, right? Digital art to receive the kind of um, acknowledgement from the public that physical artists get um, has been a long journey. So I just think it's really cool that we're getting to a stage now where digital art is recognized as a medium of creativity and that it's that it's being valued. So I think that's really cool. The other things that you can buy on on Moment or on other NFT platforms right now are like um, tokens that provide you access. So we've got a couple of tokens that give you access to highly exclusive groups. Um, and, and if you hold your NFT, then that gives you access to those groups. It can be event tickets. Uh, it could be almost anything. We've actually got... Um, I think two interesting use cases that I can mention uh, that are on the platform right now is there's one user who's fractionalizing um, comic books. So comic books have actually become quite an interesting alternative investment. Some of them valued up to like a hundred thousand rand for a for a, a single comic book um, 
And what they've done is they'll, they'll create a comic book and mint like 20 NFTs that all represent a fractional share in this comic book. And then if they go and sell this on auction, then the, the proceeds trickle down to all of the owners, right? Um, yeah, and I think that's a good transition actually into royalties. So the coolest thing about uh, NFTs is that because it's all controlled by code and it's controlled by this thing we call a smart contract that's written on the blockchain, we can put rules in there such, such as every time this token gets bought or transferred, there's a royalty that goes back to the original creator. And that's, that's really cool and powerful. I mean, I mean, SABC has been, um, lambasted quite a lot for, for not busy, um, paying royalties out to artists, um, mm. and not tracking it correctly, et cetera, et cetera. So this is what I'm saying. There's so many cool possibilities. So now you have it in the smart contract so that the original artist always gets their royalty. No one can steal it from them. No one can stop that process from happening. And if it gets traded 10 or 100 or 1,000 times, the, the original artist still gets their 10% royalty forever. And that's really awesome. Okay, so in terms of the individual who maybe is not interested in the creative stuff, are there other things available? You know, you've spoken about access um, and you're speaking about we're looking at a future where you could possibly even get your property um, 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 via the platform. What are the other things that are more everyday things? I've got a WhatsApp uh, that is saying... Um, it's asking, can you ask your guests please to explain how are day-to-day transactions done with NFT for things like groceries and petrol, etc.? Yeah, so uh, look, I think NFTs are not a silver bullet for everything. I don't think <laughs> NFTs will be used for groceries or petrol. Um, I think, you know, if we are going to move away completely from fiat or banking, then you'd be buying those things with cryptocurrency. You know, maybe it will be F, maybe it will be Bitcoin. Um who knows, but there you'll be using currency to trade them. NFTs are useful when you're talking about something that requires proof of ownership, mm. right? And also it's important when we're talking about something that is unique. Um, so an NFT is essentially a way to track something that's one of a kind, and it's going to give that thing uh, a unique fingerprint and it'll put it on a ledger so we know who owns it. So this is why art is, is a great use case because every piece of artwork is is you know, should be completely unique. Um, shares are, you know, ownership matters a lot with shares. Property ownership matters a lot. Um, and then there's something else that's really cool is uh, derivative NFT. So this is just basically it's going to revolutionize investments first. So, for example, I could buy um, somebody's YouTube video or a Spotify song as an NFT. And what that does is it gives me the rights to all of the dividends or future incomes of that track or of that video. Um, so this is something you can actually do today. Um, so if you find an artist and you think they're going to blow up, you can invest in, in their content and then receive passive income just from whenever it's being listened to and earning, earning revenues. How big in terms of in relation to how many people participate with NFTs are we talking at this stage? How big is the NFT? Um, yes, like I mean, the, how many people are? How many people are actually on it? And and if you were to guesstimate what the value is, what are we looking at just in terms of yeah. how big the space is? 
Sure. So the NFT market cap has grown exponentially since 2019. Um, I think last time I checked, it was over $20 billion, uh, you know, just the market cap of, of NFT based assets. So that includes art and some other assets. Um, it's estimated to reach about 80 billion by 2025. Now, just for, for context, maybe because these sound like massive numbers, art on its own is a $50 billion industry. Mm. So for NFTs to, to, um, reach a market cap of $80 billion, just means that it's eating up the whole of the art world as well as one or two other, you know, key sectors. And I think there's a lot more growth to come over and above that. That's why I'm really encouraging people to just get stuck in and, and learn as much as they can right now because there's, there's so many opportunities that are going to open up in the next few years. Uh, and then your other question was around how many people are, are yes. actually actively partaking in this market. So um, there's there's roughly about um, 200 million people who are or active wallets, they call it. Um, so there's 200 million active wallets which are buying and trading NFTs or digital assets. So it is actually a lot more popular than we believe, um, even though it isn't common in South Africa, just in terms of your average South African. Yeah, it's massively popular, especially in the United States um, and in Europe. But what we're what we're actually seeing is that there's a much quicker uptake of this kind of technology from developing countries like South Africa or India, South America. These countries are all realizing the benefits really quickly, especially where we suffer from unstable or corrupt governments. Um, then a population is more likely to jump onto this technology because it gives you transparency, it gives you stability, it gives you security, you know. So if you're not getting that from your government, then it's very likely that people are going to uptake in this technology a lot quicker. Um, there's a WhatsApp that says all common NFT platforms today share some of these weaknesses. They still depend on one company staying in business to verify your art. They still depend on the old fashioned pre blockchain internet where an artwork would suddenly vanish if someone forgot to renew a domain name. Right now, NFTs are built on an absolute house of cards constructed by the people selling them. This, this, and this is coming from uh, a software engineer. They're quoting a software engineer named John yeah. T. Worrying, who wrote on Twitter. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so this John T. guy couldn't be any more wrong, but also right. <laughs> yes. So first of all, I, I really appreciate the question because this is an important thing. And I think it's important to tell people if they want to get involved in NFT technology to look for a couple of things, right? So the first thing I would recommend that people look for is, do you know the people behind the company? And this is why we document everything. Like we've literally got a documentary um, around when we came up with the, the idea behind the business when we started building it and, you know, the, the whole journey, right? So we want to be as transparent as possible. You need to know the, the people behind the company because there have been a couple of fly-by-nights that basically mm. come in and disappear. The other thing I would recommend you definitely do is just check that they are using um, a service or um, something called IPFS, which stands for interplanetary file system. That basically just means that the files are actually not hosted by the company. So for example, um, all of our files are hosted on IPFS, which means that 
they can never disappear. It's basically another blockchain for the files. So the, the comment that he made around, you know, it's a house of cards or it relies on the company still existing. That's not true in our, in our case. If moment disappeared tomorrow, everybody would still have their tokens. All of the images would still be uploaded. Everything would still completely work. And that's, that's kind of the, the concept around decentralization. All right, we need to take a break. This is your opportunity to ask our guests any of the questions that you have on your mind. Aaron Posthumous, the CEO of Moment, and uh, we are speaking about NFTs. 011-8830702, your SMS is 31702, your tweets at M at Radio 702, using the hashtag 702 Afternoons and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Masterclass. Still in conversation with Aaron Posthumous, and we're speaking about NFTs. And um, Aaron, there's so many questions that are coming through around um, um, just people being hacked. One of the WhatsApps is saying that many people lost money investing in the Safari NFT. Sellers were hacked and no way to get the funds back. How does your guest guarantee that investors will be protected from hackers? We did touch on it, but maybe you can answer specifically to this Safari NFT. Um, I'd actually have to look into what Safari NFT was um, because I'm, I'm not familiar with the project. Um, yeah, do you, do you have a little bit of information around it? I don't have it, but maybe what we can do is share an email address um, of yours for listeners that have any more questions that they can direct your way. Um, there's another WhatsApp that says, knowing yeah. our government, they are probably going to look for a way to get their hands on our investments and with NFTs. Please ask your guest, do you think they will do that and can they do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So, and I have to say, I somewhat agree. Um, the, the thing about it, however, is that it's going to be incredibly difficult for governments to, to get, you know, kind of get their, their paws on, on us with this kind of technology. And the reason for that is because anybody with an internet connection can create a crypto wallet. And they can then like transact with other people on the blockchain and with themselves. So it is going to be really, really hard, I think, for governments to, um, first of all, understand and then write regulation to, to kind of intercept this technology. And just, just around the hacking concern again, I think just to reemphasize the same point that I've sort of said from the beginning of this, this conversation is, Right now, I really just want to encourage people to start learning and start trying to interact with the technology. I would actually recommend hold off on investing significantly in this technology for a little while. Mm. Um, you know, hop on to Moment. It's free to sign up. It's free to create NFTs, in fact. Um, and you can buy one or two. The, the whole concept behind what we do is acknowledging creators and acknowledging um, people who want to get involved with this technology at a low cost barrier, at a low um, risk barrier as well. So you can, for example, buy an NFT for a dollar, two dollars, you know, 20, 30 rand, um, and just start to start to understand the technology. And that's what I would recommend most people do. I wouldn't recommend that you find an NFT project and go and invest your life savings in it, yes, you know, um, yes. especially as the technologies, it's so new, it's still developing, um, you know, keep your, keep your, your fingers on the pulse. That's, that's the biggest thing that I would recommend. Um, and, and try to understand where the technology is going. Uh, yeah. 
Um, a person uh, on Twitter says, um, do you think you can use NFTs for like a car, a collection car? So I'm assuming they mean oh, like definitely. a vintage car. Yes. Definitely, definitely. So we're already working with a couple of companies who um, sell really, really unique uh, items. So you can think of luxury watches as a great use case or luxury bottles of wine or liquor, right? So this is a perfect transition into some of the other use cases for NFTs. So we've got a wine company, for example, that sells wine as NFTs. Now, immediately you might be going, well, why is that cool? You know, what what benefit does that give me? Well, wine is actually an alternative investment that people have known for a long time that if you hold a bottle of wine, it only grows in value as the bottle ages and, and, and becomes a more exclusive bottle, right? You have to forgive me. I'm not really a drinker, but I, I understand the, 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 the value appreciation mm. in, in an asset like that. But to be a wine collector, you have to have a room that is at the perfect humidity and temperature. And, you know, there's sort of requirements to make sure that you store your bottle of wine properly. Mm. Now, what this company is doing with us is selling bottles of wine, wine as NFTs, so you own that bottle, but they'll keep it for you. They've already got proper storage mechanisms. They already know how to handle the stock. And you can go to them at any time and claim your bottle of wine by redeeming your NFT. And this will be a use case that's that's really, really useful for lots of things. Um, representing ownership of a, of a, a really old or a luxurious car is another great use case. So um, high five to, to the, the viewer who, who sent that in. Okay, um, somebody says on our WhatsApp line, and this is very funny, they said, at this rate, I'm going to be stepping into 2022 being really cool, eating dacha cookies and investing in non-fungible tokens. Of course, they're making reference to our <laughs> cannabis. We had a whole a series on cannabis for a month. Yeah. But I mean, the times are changing and that's why we're having these kind of conversations. So just in terms of that NFTs... That like a bright future <laughs> So just in terms of um, NFTs and any information that you think we've left out beyond what you've shared about people going to do their own research. Yeah. So um, I actually always get really annoyed when I when I listen to people and they're like, just go do research, go do research. Because I'm like, that's why I'm here. Tell yes. me. <laughs> so, so anyone, if I haven't managed to answer your question, I'm really, really sorry. But I'm not going to be one of those people who just says go do your research. We've got a whole Discord. Um, we've got a YouTube channel. Our, we're, we're looking at our job right now is not to try and sell anybody and anything. It's just to educate people right now. So a Discord is basically like WhatsApp. If you guys aren't familiar, um, it's just a, a chat group or a chat channel. You can find our Discord by going to our website. We, we talk and debate about crypto and NFTs and is it a house of cards and, and all of these things we talk about on a Discord all day. So I encourage anyone to go and join it. Um, and then they can ask as many questions as they like, and we'll, we'll try our damnedest to give them as much information as possible. Um, you can go check out our website. That's moment.so. So is short for software. So it's M-O-M-I-N-T dot S-O. Um, that's because when you create an NFT um, in the scene, it's called minting. So you mint an NFT and, and you know, an image is like a moment in time. So that's why we called it moment. Um, but yeah, you can go check out our website, join our Discord, find us on Instagram or anywhere, pop us a message. We're here to help. 
Aaron Posthumous, thank you so, so much for talking to us. I know it is very confusing, but for those of you that are interested, you can head over to the website moment.so and maybe you can get on board of NFTs. Aaron Posthumous, thank you so much for talking to us.